I think that business is this incredible opportunity that we have to not only express our own art, but to express our soul's purpose, to do good in the world, to make our customers just like want to do cartwheels and delight with how much they feel loved and taken care of. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here with, I know I say it every time, a special episode, but this one, I will have to say, really extra special. Uh, I am a huge fan of Marie Forleo. If you've been following any of my teachings, you'll know that I refer to Marie very often. I hold her up as somebody who's brilliant at speaking the language of her audience, connecting on a deep level, and looking great doing it. <laughs> you can be polished and be real. And Marie just does you know, everything I admire about marketing. And so I am super thrilled and honored to have Marie Forleo as my guest today. Hey, Marie. Hey, Kevin. I am thrilled to be here with you. This is so much fun. So thanks for making the time and having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, really, really appreciate it. So I want to dive right in with uh, you and I. Uh, as you know, I'm, I'm a copywriter and a, a copy coach. And I was thrilled last year when you released a copy training product. And I want to hear uh, a little bit more about it. It's called The Copy Cure. And what I have to tell you, though, is I when I saw that site, I must have spent an entire hour just staring at how beautiful the site was. Oh. I mean, it, it has to be the, some of the best design I've ever seen. Oh, thank you. I cannot wait to pass that along to the geniuses who created it because that'll mean a lot to them. Um, you know, copy in general has always been one of my passions. I think for all of us as business owners, you know, it's one of the bits that's the secret sauce. People can have a great product. Mm -hmm. They can have a great service. They can believe in what they do. They can want to be there and change folks' lives. But if you can't write about it and express it in words, your business is going to have a really tough chance of succeeding, and you're going to have an even tougher chance of making the impact that you hope to make through your creations. And I don't think enough entrepreneurs and creatives and business owners really give their copy enough attention, nor do they spend enough time honing their skills as a copywriter. And I'm constantly working on it. You know, I don't consider myself by any stretch or copy genius. I think it's a lifelong practice. And with the copy cure, you know, we uh, have the honor of working with thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, actually now business owners for B-School. And I was noticing time and time again, smart people, good people, hardworking people, Everything was right except their copy sucked. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this business would be so much more profitable and satisfying. And it would make, you know, the business owner themselves feel fulfilled if they could get some conversion and some traction, if they knew how to actually talk about what yeah. they do like a human and do it in a persuasive way. Yeah. So that's why we created the copy cure because we just saw so much pain. And when I see people in pain, if I can do anything to help solve it, I want to do that. Yeah, that's for sure. I think everybody knows that about you. I'm curious, did were you did you struggle with the word copy at all? You know, so many people get confused or recoil at that term. Did you Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I've heard everything from like, is it a copyright? Do I need a, <laughs> is it intellectual prop? What's going on here? 
So, you know, we certainly went through those internal brainstorms of the, the naming of the product and how we would position it, like all good copywriters and business folks should do. But at the end of the day, for me, fun is such a huge part of my brand. And I try, you know, if it's not fun, it ain't getting done. And when it came to the copy cure, we had this idea. What I think is so cool about marketing, and I think, Kevin, you perhaps might identify with this. A lot of folks from the outside of our industry can look at marketing and sales and, you know, online marketing as kind of this swarmy, sleazy world. Mm -hmm. And it made me think of the olden times when there was these folks, they were snake oil salesmen and they were peddlers and pushers. And I was like, isn't that interesting? Like some of that old timey imagery. Yeah. And then I started to think about the cure and like how when people's copy sucks, it's like they have a really bad disease. Their business is disease. <laughs> And then, you know, can we give them the cure? And I thought there was this really interesting juxtaposition mm. of something that we're not, which is not swarmy people, yet people have that identification with it. Yeah. And I thought, can we play with that theme and can we really build out this whole medical environment where at every turn we're building in words that have a play on it, you know, about your cop, what are we going to inject your copy with? And, you know, your copy is stiff as a mofo. And we literally <laughs> built out the entire program to fit into that theme. So it was really fun. Yeah. It, it just really came together so beautifully, so congruent. And so yeah, when we, of course, you know, we worked equally as hard. Thank you for, for sharing that too, to make the content right. as relevant and as applicable and as useful and effective as the actual design yes. and branding and the creativity. And so far, the uh, reviews from our students have been phenomenal because they're relaxing around the topic. I know for many of us, writing is hard. I mean, I consider myself a consistent writer and it is not an easy thing to do. So the more we can help people kind of loosen up and have a good time with it and create some metaphors and associations that kind of make them laugh, yeah. I think we're doing a good job. Yeah, and I love that you you talked about the the main thing you're curing is helping people hear their voice, share their voice. You know, whether you're a business owner or you're looking to hire a copywriter, voice is always one of the biggest concerns. You know, will this writer get my voice right? So even if you're a freelance copywriter, highly recommend checking out Marie's course because believe me, one of the big hidden blocks why people don't hire more copywriters is they're so paranoid that you'll never get their voice right. Yes, and I think, you know, the other thing too is a lot of folks, if their business is not quote unquote a personal brand or they're not the front person, they somehow have this block that their brand can't have a distinct and relatable personality. And so we've embedded so many examples of like, look, if you're selling shoes, if you're selling candles, if you're selling, you know, wooden chairs, your whole business can have its own personality and its yeah. own unique voice. And there's so many ways to achieve that. And they can be different. Everything, you know, the other point that we make is sometimes I think folks identify with a particular copywriter. Mm -hmm. They like that tone, whether that's, you know, kind of in your face or it's something <laughs> sassy or, you know. <laughs> There's kind of a personality that they try to mimic. Yeah. One of the things that was really important for us is we said, hey, look, you shouldn't be all like, Urban, what's up, girl? You should not <laughs> say that if like that's not you. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yes, yes. So we tried to give people, again, a lot of different ways where if your natural tone or the personality that you want to express through your brand is more elevated, like here's how to say X. 
Now, if we were going urban, here's how we would say that same intention, but mm. the copy would be completely different. So we tried to embed as many different examples as possible so people can see the wide breadth of choice that you have. Yeah. And then it gets really fun. What if somebody's just boring? You know, we have a cure for that. That's actually the stiff as a mofo, like where your copy is just lifeless. And mm. people, we say, you know, if you snooze them, you lose them. Like you are never going to bore someone into buying your shit, right? Like right. that's just not going to happen. <laughs> right. So we do have a few cures um, and some exercises and some things to take people through so that they can wake up their copy. We, we teach them it's like smelling salts, you know, <laughs> like yeah. what you can do. So <laughs> yeah. Like, your reader will actually, whoa, pay attention. And it's not about being fake. It's not about being something that you're not, right. but it is about understanding some tricks and tools that are easy to embed in your copy that'll just help it sound a lot more natural. Like you have personality because most people do, like you yeah. have a personality. Right. So we want to get it out there on the page. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome service because people need it. Speaking of writing, you're writing more now. I noticed you, you just launched a really cool thing. You know, Marie TV is unbelievably great. You know, I can't imagine how many people I've sent there, how many times I've referenced it. I watch your episodes. It just, you know, it is up on another level. You make it. Yeah. Yeah. Not just, you know, (laughs) I kiss it up to you because um, you're so cool to be on the show. I mean, it, it really blows my mind because again, polished and accessible, relatable, right? But you know, you were mentioning to me, some people actually don't love, they say too much polish, Marie. You oh, know, they hate it. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta oh. be real. I get the hater aid all the time. <laughs> I get people, you know, it's like, did I ask you for your opinion? No, I did not. So, you know, stop giving it to me. But I completely understand as well. Like, hey, I'm putting a lot of stuff out there. And so people are going to have things to say. And that's awesome. I love it. But it's interesting. A lot of people say, oh, I don't like you all glossed up. So I'll give you an example, Kevin. On my Facebook page, which I don't believe we're taking it down, just the other day, I did my first live broadcast. It was a Facebook Q&A because they have that function now. You can just broadcast live Mm. from your mobile phone. Yeah. And I did it. And it's just me how I look every day, which by the way, like most of us, you know, if you get dressed up for a presentation and it's slightly different for women and men. Mm-hmm. But for me, if I go to, uh, if I'm going on stage, if I'm going to work, of course I'm going to get dressed. And I've said this so many times for me to think through what I'm going to wear myself, like for 12 episodes, which we shoot over a two day period, dude, that is not the best use of my time. So I have a stylist help me pick that stuff out because I have more important things to do. But yesterday, I broadcasted live from my house and I saw comments. It was like, oh, I love you better natural. Can't you just not wear makeup? And can't you just not have your hair done? I'm like, honey, thank you because I appreciate it. <laughs> but I don't think you understand like what it takes to produce a show. Yeah. And if we don't have all those people helping me out so I can focus on the content, it just wouldn't work. you know. And I can yes. get somebody to say, why don't you just do Marie TV from your webcam like you like what you, know, you used to do? Right. The other, my other answer to that is this. It's like, There are so many different facets to my personality, just like Kevin, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. There's many facets to your personality. You're not one-dimensional. There's the Kevin that does the podcast. There's the Kevin that's with your family. There's the Kevin the adventurer. There's the Kevin the introvert. You know, what I do on Marie TV when we're quote-unquote glammed up or we're doing these weird sketches, which I'm so excited to do. Like I could never do green screen, Kevin, when I was just in my house. Like I had ideas for how to bring a concept to life Mm -hmm. that involved a level of production that I didn't have the team for. 
And now that I have it, you think I'm not going to stick myself in like a Beyonce video when I have the chance to like look like an idiot? Like, no way, dude. Right, right. But I do appreciate the fact that some people, you know, wish that it was just me talking into camera. But now that we have all these live broadcasting capabilities, I'm like, all right, I'll show you this side too. Like if you meet me on the street, I never have makeup on. Yeah, I have yeah. my hair up in a bun and I meet people all the time and they're like, oh, I love you. I'm like, thanks. But um <laughs> But yeah, there's many sides to all of us. And I don't do it to impress people. I literally do it to get through and to get my content out because I don't want to have to worry about, does my hair look okay? So somebody else should worry about that. Yeah, brilliant. And I'll tell you what, what's interesting, the irony here is that had you not been sort of glammed up over time, it's an evolution. I love that. It's something else I teach about you is like, if you're intimidated, go watch Marie's early stuff. She just started. Like all she had yes. was her laptop camera and she kicked yes. ass then with the same level of, of valuable content. And that's why you see what you see now because the thing that stayed consistent is the content has always been badass and resonates, right? Thank uh, but you. And it, we leave all of those up there too. I don't, I haven't taken yes. anything down. They're all up. So cool. And if you, so if it hadn't evolved into what it is now, people wouldn't see this like selfie Q&A and go, oh my God, this is awesome. That would just be all they knew, right? right? So there'd be no juxtaposition. Yes. And I really feel like for all of us, we have different sides of ourselves. And I love expressing those different sides. Yeah. I love being able to put on a cute dress that frankly, I would never even have seen unless Elsa brought it in front of me. Cause I'd be like, that thing looks crazy. I am putting it on, <laughs> but it's another, it's another form of creativity. It's another form of expression. And I think while we're here on the planet, if we have the opportunity to express ourselves, it's like, it's a good thing. It's a yeah. really good thing. I love that we talked about this and I don't want to stay on it too long, but is there something to Dressing up. Yeah, I've seen other people in who I, I associate with you because of they also put out amazing content on a high level, put out amazing programs. You know, Ramit and Derek, those guys really have stepped up their game as far as fashion and, you know, personal hygiene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Over the last few years. And I know it's worked out really well for them. So, you know, what is it? Does it do something for us to really like step up our game and put on some decent clothes? You know, I actually don't think so. My answer would be no. And here's why. So one of the things that I say in my team internally, I'm like, look, I need more jeans and I need more t-shirts because that's me in real life. So we, and I'm also, you have to get, I'm a very collaborative person, but back to your main question, I think everybody is so different. I have people in my life who I know personally, you know, fashion is just not a big deal to them. They're the most creative people, like non freaking stop stuff's coming out of them. And it's awesome. I think all of us are so incredibly unique in that sense. And for me, what I'm excited to do more is actually show people more of like, hey, this is how I run around in real life. Not that I ever hide that. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you only watch Marie TV and you don't run into me on the street, naturally you would think, oh, there's girls in high heels all the time. Well, actually, you don't even, you don't even see my feet on the show. What I, I'm always bare feet. Unless I'm doing an interview, I never have shoes on. Funny. Awesome. So Marie, you've helped so many people through B-School. How many folks have been through that program now? Gosh, it's tens, it's multiple tens of thousands wow. and we're coming up on another round. This will be our seventh year doing it, doing B-School because we do it once a year. Amazing. And I know when people go to, is, I want to get the link right, marieforleobschool.com? Yes. Yes, sir. Or you can just easier even join bschool.com. Okay. Place. And you give away, you know, amazing content. So look, go check that out. Whether you think it's for you or not, you definitely need to go get the free training 
Talk to me about deciding what to put in the free training. You know, I think this is a really important question for all business owners. If they're going to launch anything that's a course or a seminar or anything in that realm, thinking about what you put in your free content, here's what I like to recommend to folks. Think through what your paid program is and how can you give people not only a preview of what's to come, meaning that they understand your teaching style, you actually walk through what that person is going to get. But I think from a marketing perspective, it's really vital that we create interest and desire. So how do you talk about an idea or a concept, give people real takeaway value, and at the same time, leave them wanting more? It's kind of like when you get a nice little appetizer at a restaurant. Mm. It's small enough where you're like, goodness gracious, that was delicious. Can I have some more? Mm. You don't want to fill someone up on the free amouche bouche, right? Where they're just like, dude, I am stuffed. I don't really need anything yeah, cancel else. Cancel the entree. Yeah. Exactly. So I think when you're thinking through your launch content, you want to think through the framework of, you know, what are you trying to sell? You don't want to oversell. I think, you know, we all love Jeff Walker. I adore Jeff Walker. He's amazing. And he, you know, is the father of like video-based internet launches yeah. somewhat. But if you're selling like, you know, a $99 product, you might not need three 40-minute videos, you know, like that, yes. that could be the yes. $99 product. So right. I think it's about being appropriate, not overselling, uh, really giving people a taste of who you are, the benefits that they're going to get. But most importantly, I think for all of us, it's giving people real concrete takeaway value. And here's the philosophy you want to go into it with. How can I give something away in this free content where if someone never buys my product or service, but they take this time out of their life that they will never get back, that they are going to leave feeling awesome about my brand. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Awesome about what they learned or discovered or can take away and go apply. And I try to do that with everything we create where it's like, hey, if they're not a right fit, it's too much money or there's just, you know what, it's just not where they should be in their life, that they still feel like they invested that time, they got something. And if they saw me on the street, they'd be like, you know what? I'm glad I watched those free videos. That, that really helped me in X, Y, or Z way. That's brilliant. I love that you said that about sort of like, I call it like oversatiating your buyer, your, your prospects. And yes. I've, I've had clients who just refuse to follow this advice. And cause you know what happens? They get so addicted to the love they get, you know, on Facebook and everywhere else in the comments on the free stuff. They're like, Oh, no, no, no. people love that. But I go, well, the reason you called me is because it didn't convert. <laughs> right? So just because they're loving the content, like that's awesome. But at the same time, if you're giving away the house, there's no reason for them to, you know, take the next step. And you're essentially robbing them of the real opportunity here. Yes. And that really, you know, I'm so glad that you help people with that, Kevin, because it's a really, it's an interesting art and science to be able to deliver real value. And at the same time, leave them wanting more, planting seeds so that psychologically, if they are the right prospect for you, meaning they're the type of person that you can really help that you're letting them know that, look, there's more here to learn. If you're willing to do the work and go deeper on this training, I can get you there. And I think that's a bit of, you know, it, it harkens back on us as ethical marketers to not oversell or overpromise. You know, it's like, I always call it, you have to do effective sales prevention. So I think in that free launch content, another mm -hmm. responsible thing to do is to communicate who this product is not for. Who's gonna get in there, spend money, um, and really you can't help them. You know, like I try to say with B-School, like, look, 
a lot of people are like, oh my God, I just, you know, I want money to be shooting out of my computer and you know what I mean? <laughs> Sitting on the beach. And it's like, yeah. look, building a business is hard, like real hard work. And if you're not willing to commit to one idea and test it, and then maybe, you know, go back to the drawing board mm-hmm. and find another idea, this isn't the program for you. If you're looking for like overnight results, if you're looking for super advanced techniques, like multivariate testing, we don't talk about any of that. Yeah. So please don't sign up. I don't want you to be disappointed. So I think for other folks, it's really important that we outline who our product is for, who it's not for, and do some effective sales prevention. Love it. Such great advice. Okay, Marie, let's get to the essential question of the show. Yes, really, yes. really excited to hear your answer on this. So Marie Forleo, what is the one thing you've done in your marketing that produced the most surprising results? So it's definitely been a series of risks that we've taken that seem like it's a piece of content from left field. Here's what I mean. Both in the early days of B-School and also I used to do a live event in New York City. I don't know if everyone knows this, but I'm quite a dancer. I had a career in health and fitness and I was a Nike elite dance athlete, which means that I went around the world and trained people in hip hop and house and African dance and some Latin and all things like that. And when I shifted all of my attention to my online business and the expression that I am today, I couldn't let go of my desire to perform and to dance and to do really stupid, embarrassing things that I, I just like to do as a human being. I like to make fun of myself. So we made music videos. And I remember like my teens at the time go like, what, what is this? Does this have to do with anything? I was like, nope, it's just like pure fun. It's like me lip syncing to Jay-Z and then pretending to be Alicia Keys. And then in another one being LMFAO. And then, you know, in another one being like a version of Lady Gaga doing like Black Eyed Peas song, wearing some crazy tankini, like I I just, (laughs) God, Kevin Rogers, like, all right, I'm glad I was in like my late twenties for that one. Cause I just, you know what I mean? Like, woo, glad we got it on camera when it's all looking tight. Not doing that anymore. Uh, That's Um, hard to believe, but okay. (laughs) Anyway, it's like, it was just these crazy ass music videos that just did nothing but entertain people. And what was great, Kevin, surprising results. I remember in one B-School launch, you were talking about the comments and the, and the feedback that people you know, yes. give us on that free content. And I remember this uh, uh, one couple, It was I had done this thing with, um, it was a Jay-Z music video and I was mocking kind of myself and like, you know, making it rain with like single dollar bills. <laughs> um, and they said, I can't believe as a woman that, you know, he so objectifies women. Mm. And it was this whole like gender thing. Mm. And how dare I, as an empowered woman, you know, be possibly lip syncing and dancing to a Jay-Z song and blah, blah, blah. And it really made me realize. And then, there, you know, on the flip side of that, there were other people that like got that it was a joke and also that I just love hip hop and you can't take everything in life so seriously. And they, I met people that said, some of your crazy videos made me spend upwards of like $20,000 with you. Like (laughs) I trusted you. I loved you. I got the content. But once I saw what a crazy person you actually are and how you're willing to just put it all out there, I was like, that's the person that I want to hang out with. So, you know, for me, it's, it's been a lot of conversions and it's actually gotten a lot of interesting attention. You know, it's turned people off, which I'm happy about. Right. 
Because if they get in and they start spending a lot of money with me and I'm dropping F-bombs and I'm doing dance parties and they're like, what is going on? You know, that would have been a bad message to market match. Just not good for any of us. Yeah. Yeah. You're all stiff and serious in your, you know, videos, welcoming people in and then they get there and like, whoa. So that's great. That's a great answer and a great point. And again, you know, shows that when you get a whim, you know, part of the thing of evolution is that we get to be ourselves finally. You know, when I help people get past their comfort zone and make their first video, just a selfie video like you did the other day, right? Yeah. Uh, But people think, no, I can't, I can't do it. Why can't you do it, right? And when you help them do that, it's suddenly, I always say it's the most, the first one you do is the most important one. And the second one you do is the most exciting one because it's the only time you'll be twice as good the second time you do it. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, I still mess up like that other selfie kind of video on Facebook the other day. Dude, I didn't realize until five minutes before that the broadcast function, simply because I hadn't done it before, I didn't realize it was only in the mobile app. So I didn't have a tripod. And I had some lady like, oh, you're making me seasick. I'm like, listen, honey, I was <laughs> going to not do this thing or I just had to hold my phone for a half hour. Of course, uh, I a tripod coming. But my point is this. We all make mistakes. Yeah, right. Like we all screw up. We it's not perfect, and that's awesome. That's the best it's, part. Yeah, it it's fantastic. It's the best. So okay, we're coming towards the end here. I just want to thank you. It's amazing that you made time for this, and what you shared has been immensely valuable. So thank you very much. Oh, thank uh, you, Kevin. I'm doing a series this month, Marie, called "Amazing Women of Marketing." Mm. So, so because there's five Mondays in. In February, I thought, what a perfect opportunity to feature five amazing women in marketing. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit and get your thoughts on what it means to be a woman in this space. Because when I started in this world of sort of digital marketing, you know, a decade ago, there weren't very many women around. You would go to conferences and you would see only a few women. And now it's a beautiful mix and women have just like really come into their own and they're teaching amazing stuff. And it's it's exciting to me. It's much more balanced. What do you see still, you know, is, is it ever feel like a boys club? Did it, when you first got into it, feel that way? Does it feel that way now? You know, what's different for a woman than for a man? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go to that question, which was, did it feel that way mm-hmm. when I first started without a doubt, yes. That was actually the inspiration for B-School, quite mm. frankly. And one of the things that was so upsetting to me was that in my very early days, there were some conferences that I went to. And again, you know, there's been business conferences for eons, and I'm definitely not making anyone wrong, but I remember just kind of sitting in the audience feeling very stunned because there were some instructors, and yes, they were men, talking about prospects like, we need to squeeze as much profit out of them and, you know, extract the much. And I just... <laughs> I literally wanted to take a friggin' shower. I'm like, this yeah. is not my idea of business. Like, yes, I love money. I absolutely love money. It's one of the things I love talking about, but I also love making a difference. And I think that business is this incredible opportunity that we have to not only express our own art, but to express our soul's purpose, to do good in the world, to make our customers just like want to do cartwheels and delight with how much they are, feel loved and taken care of. And I just didn't see that being expressed. And I also didn't see at that time the space of education. No one was making it like a beautiful experience. Mm. There was a lot of highlighters. There was a lot of flashing arrows. There wasn't too much attention being given to design and aesthetic. 
And I felt like that was a huge missed opportunity. So for me, in the beginning, there wasn't very many women. And so that's actually why I started B-School because I wanted to talk about business and specifically marketing and online marketing from a, a perspective that included your soul and your purpose and all of these other components that I felt were just being completely ignored. I wanted to bring more humanity to it and a little bit more style and sass, quite frankly. Now I feel like I love the balance and the integration. And you know, you were mentioning like Ramit and Derek and uh, it's like everybody has paid attention more, I think, to design. And yeah. that's, a, that's a great thing that's come along. But I do think that there is, you know, the world is changing. Transparency is extraordinarily important. And I'm really happy because I feel like men and women together, the people who get it, the people who get that, you know, your customers are the folks that you love, they pay the bills, you want to treat them with the utmost love and respect and care for them. You know, the businesses that are doing slimy, weird things, they're just going to go away. Like yeah. it's not going to last that much longer. It can't. Um, I got totally lost. So I don't know if I actually no, I answered love, yeah. your question, but. <laughs> no, you did. And I love that you said that because people ask me, what's the future of marketing? I say, well, technically you're going to have to figure out mobile, but beyond that, you have to get more transparent and more authentic. And if you don't know what that means, or you think there's a way to fake it, you're in trouble. <laughs> totally. I, you know, I think one of the important things about the future of marketing, Kevin, human beings, the psychology of everything that we have to master as marketers, dude, that stuff hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. It really hasn't. It's just the tools that keep getting evolved. I mean, you gosh, you know, God bless Facebook, but they change everything. Like, I mean, it's like more often than I change my underwear, you know, every day it's like a whole new set of fucking rules, right? It's, it's literally like, if you thought you knew what you were doing yesterday, it's like, wake up, smell the coffee. You don't yeah. like, you just have to relearn it. But my point is this, if you understand the psychology of marketing, you understand how to write copy, you understand how to connect to people's hearts how to be compassionate and listen and over-deliver, no matter what technology comes out or what tools you will use to communicate that message, you get the underlying principles, you will have a business for life. I love it. Marie Forleo, thank you so much for being here. You are a beacon. I will continue to shine my spotlight on your spotlight. I don't know what thank that'll, that'll, you. that'll create some kind of event looking thing in the sky. I think so. Some <laughs> UFO stuff is going to come out of that. I'm hoping. I'm really, really hoping because I love anything that's sci-fi. So I'm down for it. Kevin, thank you. I think you are fantastic. I am so honored and grateful that you had me on today. So thank you. Thank you so much. We'll do it again soon. Take care, Marie. And everybody head to marieforleobschool.com or joinbschool.com. At the very least, get in on the free video trainings leading up uh, to the big product launch, the big opening, reopening of B-School. It only happens, what, once a year, Marie? That's it, just once a year. Once a year. So this is not something you can just decide one day to up and join. You gotta be paying attention. So thank you again, Marie, and uh, we'll talk soon. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash T-A-M, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to Learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, 
or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com and I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.